Thank you, worship team, for leading us in music as we continue um, to celebrate God's love and our time of waiting in this Advent season. So I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 21. So we're in some of the same territory as last week, but with a different focus. Last week, we paid more attention to the shepherds and thought about what it means for us, following also from Luke 2, to shepherd our joy, that our joy in Christ being born into the world is to be protected and cherished and sought after and something to be shared and multiplied. So whereas last week we talked about shepherding our joy, what does it mean for us to be shepherds of joy? Today we turn towards the Lord of love, knowing that Christ as we sang in Silent Night, was Lord at his birth, and that Christ is the Lord of love, that the fourth candle, the candle of love, all of them belong to Christ. And yet we're told in the scriptures that God is love, and the fullness of his love is made known to us in Jesus Christ being born into the world to live, to teach, to heal, to feed, to be crucified, to be buried, to die, and to rise again. So as we turn our attention towards the Lord of love, I invite you to read along in Luke 2, 16 through 21, and there will be one verse that I'm going to repeat twice. So when you hear kind of a pause and you think, didn't he just read that? Yes, we're going to read one of these verses twice, especially as we consider the students who made profession of faith today and both how proud we are of them. Um, and also how glad we are that we know the fullness of God's love through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is the Lord of love, even at his birth. So before we read Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 21, let's pray together. God, you are the light of the world that shines in the darkness that the darkness cannot overcome it. And so, as we read your word today, may you shine light into our lives, into the corners of our heart that may be dark or fearful, give light. Into the uncertainty of life into which we walk, give light. To moments where darkness and confusion seem to weigh heavily, give light. We pray knowing that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So as we turn to your word this morning, be our light, and may your Holy Spirit illumine these words to us, that we may see you more clearly, that we may see our role in the world more clearly, and all of this a gift from you, O God. In your name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 16. So they, the shepherds, hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. 
the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mary pondered these things and treasured them. They are deep in her heart. There is something that she will hold on to. And what might she be pondering? What might she be treasuring? We can draw from a lot of what's already happened, and we could look forward and think about what yet is to come. But Mary treasured up all these things. She is treasuring her encounter with her cousin Elizabeth when Mary and Elizabeth are both with child, one with John the Baptist, the other with Jesus. She's treasuring the exchanges that angels have had with Joseph and Mary, with the instruction that they've been given, with God's watchful care over them. Mary is pondering and treasuring these things. In this particular passage, drawing us so close to the name of Jesus and seeing the shepherds come and, and being brought to worship him. And the word is all spreading. And in some ways, Mary stands as a contrast to the shepherds. The shepherds were quick to be evangelists who were going to share everything they heard and saw that they, they've got to tell everybody. And that's what a good shepherd would do is share this joy, shepherd your joy. But Mary, instead of telling everyone that she knows, she's kind of taking it all in. She's saying, there's something about all of this that matters so deeply. I'm holding on to it. I'm, I'm locking it into my memory. I'm letting it sink from my head into my heart. In that way, Mary stands as a bit of a contrast to the shepherds. They both have important roles to play. She's holding on to these things. And to know that we're also reminded in, in verse 21 that the child was given the name Jesus. Yeshua, the God who saves us. This was the name that the angel had given him before he was even conceived. This was a promised name that Mary is treasuring up and pondering what it means that the Savior has been born into the world. And many of her other thoughts that were brought to her by the Holy Spirit's inspiration are captured in the Magnificat, in Mary's song, which we sang one version of already today. Mary's treasuring up all these things, that the changes in life, that all the things that are happening and going on, they're not some big bother to her. There's something to be held on to and to be treasured. We would hope today, even thousands of years after the first Christmas, that as we light four candles, longing to light that fifth candle, longing for the light of Christ, that we too might treasure up. That we might treasure up all that Christ has done, that our hope might be found in Jesus, that our peace might be found in Christ, that our joy is that Christ was born into the world for us, out of his love for us, those sinners we are, and that ultimately that it was an act of love not obligation, not resentment, but that it was an act of love that Christ came into the world. That we celebrate that today with profession of faith. That we celebrate God's continued activity and involvement as we have people joining here today to say, I want to continue to participate in this work. To find moments in worship to treasure. To find mutual fellowship with the communion of saints to treasure and to ponder the wisdom that God speaks through our neighbors around us. We have all of these good things to treasure. And maybe in this moment, 
here in the sanctuary, kind of free from outside distractions for just this one hour, <sighs> we could take a deep breath. And yet, we know what week it is. It will be a week of busy times and travel and everything else. I'm mindful of something that I learned this week, um, something that I thought was rather interesting because it is, um, it is Advent, it's, we're, we're into the Christmas season. It's also snowplow season, right? It is the season where at some point or another, you're gonna be in a hurry, right? And you're gonna get stuck behind a snowplow. And where you were hoping to go 65, 75, 80, the snowplow's probably doing a solid 50 or 30 miles an hour, right? It is snowplow season. And, and I, I want you to just keep this in mind when you see a plow that they're probably going to be viewed at times as a nuisance. Um, inevitably, if you do take your car through a car wash, you're going to end up behind a truck that's spreading salt on your way back to your house. It's just a fact of life. It's just the way it works out. But you're going to see the snow you're going to see the snow plows out. It is snow plow season. There's a fair amount of vehicle accidents, traffic collisions that happen with snow plows. Not because the plows are unpredictable. Um, I know we've got several, you know, veteran members of the Ottawa County Road Commission here in our midst. So we know that they're solid drivers, those heavy trucks, they're, they're resolute. But people get too close to them and, you know, you can't stop as fast as you want. Um, people try to pass snow plows in an unsafe manner um, and you try to get around them because they're just this nuisance. They're just this thing that's in your way. And we take for granted the important service that they're perhaps providing for us. Well, in Ohio, a clever group of people took note of this and decided we, we need to have a way to invite people to have a certain affinity and love towards our snowplows so that they stop trying to dart around them, that they just take a minute and appreciate what the snowplow is doing. We need the snowplows to be almost familiar. Now, I know we're in Michigan, and so I'm ashamed to say that this idea does come from that, that state over there, <coughs> Ohio, because um, I know there's some feelings about that. I'm from Indiana. We feel that way about Illinois. It's fine. Let's see. Just looking at who all is from Illinois. Conovers, Vandervins. All right. But anyways, this comes from Ohio. So they started a, they started a competition where they would let names be nominated online, which is dangerous, but there's some rules to it. And then the nominees would go forward and get put to a public vote. And you'd win, like, you'd win a little bit of prize, but mostly you'd win pride if your name was selected for one of the snowplows. And so I want to read with you last week's, or last year's winner. So in 2021, going into um, the winter of 21-22, here are the winners, the winning snowplow names. Snowforce One, Sir Plows a Lot, Snowbywan Kenobi, I like that, Plowy McPlowface, go figure, uh, Darth Blader, very popular for Star Wars, Snowmore Mr. Ice Guy, and Oh Snow You Didn't. And so they found great success that actually, just by naming the snowplows, we make this a public thing by saying, like, we love these snowplows. Like, we're looking, we're looking for Darth Blader. Like, we want to see the ones that traffic collisions and incidents with snowplows went down. 
Not because the snowplows are behaving any differently, but because our perspective and affinity towards them has changed. There's a love and affection towards the snowplows, so people don't try to do stupid things around them, but are like, you know what? Hey, look, it's Snowy Wan Kenobi. Oh, that's nice. And just a little bit more patience, a little bit more respect to the plow drivers happened as a result of simply naming them. So I'd be remiss to not share with you 2022's winners. Control, salt, delete. The big Laplowski. Blizzard wizard and the blizzard of Oz. Plow chicka plow wow. <laughs> you know you're in a room of people crying and then everybody else cries, same thing happens with laughter. Um, Ohio Thaw Enforcement, and Cleopatra. I like Cleopatra. Uh, so tonight in your evening prayers, I invite you to, you know, pray for your family members, for peace on earth, and for plow chicka plow wow, um, and for all the good work that, that, that uh, the plows will be doing. But isn't it strange that nothing about the plows has changed, and yet the roads are safer because people are looking to the plows with this different respect, this different love. That instead of seeing the plows as an obstacle or the enemy of efficiency or this thing that's just in my way, the plow is now seen as a friend. It's a friend that has a name. And therefore, it's a friend that we actually treasure the moments where we get to see that plow on the road. I think the same thing is very true of profession of faith. And when we think about Jesus as the Lord of love, that Jesus is not just an obstacle to living life the way we want to live, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That, that Jesus is not a hindrance or a stumbling block to how we want to go about our life and belief, but that Jesus is someone that we cherish. That we no longer view Jesus as distant and unfamiliar, but that that name, Jesus, is one that is precious to us, that we cherish, that we long to see it, that we're glad to see moments where Christ is at work. And all it took in the Ohio Turnpike was giving it a name and recognizing the name of the plow. I wonder if the same is true of us, that we need daily and weekly reminders to cherish that name of Jesus, that we cherish the Lord of love, and that when that we think of Christ as someone who is familiar, that we think of Christ who is one who has made the way for us, that we think of Christ as the one whom we eagerly follow, even if the pace that Jesus would set for us is different than the pace that we would set for ourselves. In this way, and I know I don't remember all the details of the sermon that was preached when I made profession of faith. Um, I'm pretty sure when some of these students are my age, they're going to be like, you know, I don't remember anything except for something about snowplows and Jesus. And I'm okay with that. Because if we remember that there is the one who has made the way for us, who has taken dangerous paths, that's what Isaiah talks about, the crooked paths where bandits might wait lurking, they'll be made straight paths in the wilderness that would be unsafe are made into a place of beauty. In this way, we are saying, 
Jesus has taken the crooked paths of my life and straightened them out. And for this, I am grateful. And I will follow Jesus with, with care and patience and love, knowing that Christ follows us with his patience, peace, joy, and love. Friends, in this way, we, like Mary, can treasure up and ponder in our heart, what does that name Jesus mean to us and for us? What does it mean to say Jesus is the Lord of love and is the Lord of my life? That Jesus is the name Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. That I will ponder that. What does it mean? That I will treasure this in my heart. And that we had seven students today say, this profession of faith, this statement of belief, as Jake said, is true of me. That I'm not going to try to get around Jesus or try to get away from Jesus or put my distance between myself and Christ, but that there is a love and affection towards Christ that I want to hold on to both now and forever. And you know, the one other thing about snowplows and Jesus that just seems to fit really well, if we're willing to think that Jesus has a name that we love and that we're glad to see Jesus, that we will be glad to see Jesus on the moment where we close our eyes for the last time on earth and open them in heaven, that we will be glad to see Jesus, even more glad than we are to see snowplows, but that we will hold on to, we will hold on to the fact that Christ died for us, that this changes things for us, that Christ goes before us, and that we are only on the road so much of the time. I think about this with snowplows and at hospitals, that there is a continuous, ongoing, around-the-clock amount of work being done on our behalf. We only notice snowplows when we're stuck behind them, but anytime it's snowing, they're out, they're going. Now, it takes a lot of people to do that. It takes a lot of hospital staff to provide round-the-clock care. And yet to know that in Christ, we have that continuous, ongoing work being done for us. That at 4 a.m., when you can't sleep, there's probably a snowplow going somewhere. And also that Jesus is ready and willing and eager to speak with you and to hear your prayers. We know that in the middle of your busy week, when you feel rushed in a hurry, there's probably a snowplow out. And there's also a patient Savior who's eager and willing to say, slow down, take a deep breath, don't forget to pay attention to the right things in life. We think about roads that are a mess that we don't even see or go down, that we don't ever have to travel down that road, but there's a plow that's gonna go down that road eventually. And that in our lives, there are places that God doesn't have to bring us because that road has already been taken care of. That Christ's work is around the clock for us. And that Christ's love for us is clearing out and making paths straight even beyond what we can see. That the work of our hearts and what Christ is doing in the world goes beyond what we see. That there's way more happening than what we could ever notice in one single moment. So, if Ohio can name snowplows and bring a little bit more safety to their highways, friends, how much more can we remember that our Savior has a name that we cherish and that that can make a difference 
in our lives and in the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the Lord of love. You were Lord at your birth. You were Lord over each one of us before one of our days came to be. May we cherish your name. And like Mary, may we treasure up these things and ponder them in our hearts. May our, may our hearts be in constant conversation with you, God. May we hold fast to you. May we let you set the pace for our lives. May you determine the roads that we take and the courses of life that we go down and that we don't go down. May you be the one that never leaves us or forsakes us. We know this to be true, but may we ponder what that means in our hearts. May we hold on to you knowing that you promised to never let go of us, that you would never leave us or forsake us, but that you, faithful, patient, steadfast, and loving, would be with us to the very ends of the earth. Jesus, we know that this is who you are. And so we also, we also pray that today as we celebrate a profession of faith, that it may be a special reminder that you are the Savior of each of those students as well. For them we give you thanks. And for you and your love, we thank you above all else. Amen.